Hello, everybody, and welcome, and welcome to Discover Rising Tides. I'm Jean Gallagher, and we're having a dance party before we started. So uh, welcome to Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. And through this series, we'll be talking with women business owners to understand their journey. And as always, we're starting with our Healthy Living Happy Life segment with Denise Stagall. Hey, Denise. Hello, hello. And Denise is an international best-selling author of Healthy Living, Happy Life, a practical path to finding a healthy lifestyle that works for you and curator at Healthy Living Healthy List. And this month's topic is Healthy Living, Happy Life from 30,000 Feet, How Planning and Organization Leads to a Fulfilling Life. And then our second segment will be our main guest, Sue Berman, who is a residential real estate attorney, and I'm really excited to talk about her and her outside adventures. So let's get started, Denise. Okay, so this thirty thousand feet perspective thing. Mm-hmm. Truly, the way I the way I talk to my clients about this is the first step in crafting that healthy, happy lifestyle that you want is to get rid of the things that you don't. And until we take that thirty thousand foot perspective, you know, kind of really look, you know, from the outside, you know, up here looking down into life, we don't really know you know, what the things are that we want to get rid of. We think we do, or we don't really necessarily know what the things are that we want. We think we do, but until we really start looking at it from this different perspective, we, we really just kind of go, Oh, I think I want this, or I think I want that. And we just start dabbling and we get stuck in kind of the minutia of every day. And once we get stuck in that minutia, we really can't, um, decipher what it is like what are the changes that we need to make what's good what's working what's not working yeah it's hard and when you I for me the thought of getting rid of things that brings anxiety right so I have to be in the right mood I can't be attached to things and then how do you decide what to get rid of or how do you focus on what's needs to go well I think when when we're looking at it this way the first thing we want to look at are the those kind of broad overarching patterns, those mm-hmm. feet, those milestones that we have in, in life. Um, and the things that I think of are more, okay, let's look at different aspects in our life. Instead of the minutia, which mm-hmm. is getting rid of the things, the phone and the this and the that, let's really focus on the different elements in life. Um mm-hmm that really make life worth living and make it that healthy, happy, fulfilling life. Because if we're not fulfilled, if we're not doing the things that we love, we're just kind of going through the motions. And I find so many people are just going through the motions day after day, year after year. And at some point, um, things kind of just either fall apart or Mm -hmm. we have a bad health scare And that's kind of when people go, okay, I got to make some changes. I got to look at this differently. So by looking at things differently today, starting today, we can, you know, kind of, um, you know, eliminate those challenges. Um, So some of the areas, number one, of course, in my world is your health and wellness. Mm -hmm. What needs to, you know, what needs to go there? What do you need to bring in? Um, that's a big, you know, I, I mean, I always kind of laugh, you know, this is a little bit of a minutia, so I apologize, but like what needs, what needs to go, you know, bags of Doritos and chips and all of those things, not that they need to go completely, 
But those are some of the things that, you know, when we're looking at this from the big scale, you know, when you look in your pantry, do you have, is everything, you know, box bags, um, cans of, you know, canned soup and all those kinds of things. Um, so that's kind of what I mean more, you know, what needs to go. Mm-hmm. And it's um, easy to get stuck in a habit. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy. So much we're talking about is really habit driven. And also the bags of Doritos and things that can also be habit. The snack food can be habit driven as well. And then all of a sudden you don't realize how much you're eating of it until you remove it out of the, the equation. Right. Well, especially things like chips, you know, it does say on the bag, how many is at an actual serving three, probably, but how many of us actually go, Oh, it's only three is a serving. Let me pull out one, two, three. Okay. Some of us, I can get a little crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I may do that, uh, but normal people don't. <laughs> um, and, and, and I don't want people to really get into that kind of minutia. Um, because that 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 just brings a whole new level of anxiety. And we don't want that. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, again, want to look at this the, in the big picture. Um, for example, when I was growing up and my mom went food shopping, she bought one bag of potato chips. And that was for the entire week. And that mm-hmm. was for me and my sister and my dad and my mom. Mm-hmm. And more than likely, my mom probably didn't get any. <laughs> you know, so those are the, those are the kind of things you know, when we're looking at that big picture, you know, what needs to go. Um, what are those habits that we need to kind of address? Um, and, and I'll get into a little bit more in, in, in a little bit, you know, how to kind of work on that. Mm-hmm. So the first thing, one, health and wellness. What are some of the other categories? Personal growth and learning. Um, mm-hmm. We should be learning something new every day. Um, you know, our relationships, you know, are they meaningful? Are they draining? Are they uplifting? Um, you know, what are your core values and purpose in life? How mm-hmm. often do you talk to a client and they kind of, they've, they're lost. They're not even sure what their core values are anymore and, and what their purpose on this, this earth is. And, and, and I don't necessarily mean it. We have to have this big, you know, this purpose in life, but we have to have some purpose. Why are we getting up in the morning? Um, and then of course, you know, we mentioned patterns and habits. That's, that's kind of a big part of that health and wellness piece, but it also affects the personal growth and values and all of that too. Um, and then I think the, the, the last piece to me is impact and contribution, whether it's, you know, are you impacting your family and your friends in a positive way? Are you affecting your community? You know, what is your contribution? Um, or are you contributing? So those are the areas that I, I think those are that looking at that 30,000 foot um, perspective. Those are the pieces that I want people to look at. I really like the last one a lot because it's something that people don't talk about. And, but you can, you can actually use that as a springboard to help the other three areas. Absolutely. How are you showing up in your relationship or how are you showing up in your personal growth or how are you showing up for your health and wellness? And, and by maybe taking that little thought on it can help you change your habits or help you recognize where just a couple of habit changes are going to positively affect those areas. Absolutely. You make a very good point. It's actually recognizing that, that you have to recognize it first. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we're just kind of going through and glossing over um, and not recognizing what those habits are healthy or unhealthy, um, we, we get, we keep, we just keep doing the same thing over and over. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And it really is when we step back and do some self-reflection that we see these patterns. Um, And and I I really hate to, and I say it too often, and I I really need to get away from the health, you know, good habit, bad habit, healthy habit, not so healthy habit or unhealthy habit, not so not not so much good and bad. Um, But we can always get better. We can, all of us can get better. Um, And then once we recognize that there is pattern, um, what do we do to, you know, to change that pattern, to disrupt it? That's, that can be the hard part, but if you've recognized it, then you have to decide how much you really want to the motivation piece or what is going to keep you motivated to remember this is a great idea today but next wednesday am i still going what's going to remind me to do this because that's that's one of the things that i struggle with you know really great for a few days and then all of a sudden you realize that you're back on the 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 not so productive wagon <laughs> and i actually have a way to help you get on get on the wagon and and stay on the wagon um you know 80 to 90% of the time. Cause let's be real. Nobody's perfect. Life happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I call P3 or the three P's plan, prioritize and prepare. So three P's planning, you know, every, you know, if you, without a plan, you know, it, we're just kind of going at everything kind of willy nilly. Um, kind of like if you're, if you're driving someplace, you need to have a plan. How are you going to get there? Um, so what I always recommend is to take a look at those, the different categories that we just talked about, and, and, and you may have a different one. You may have some of your own, um, and then consider what you want your life to look like in those areas. Mm. Um, and at that point you can cultivate, start to cultivate a plan, whether it's in your head first. And then I write everything down. I, I love pen and paper. You know, um, it makes it more real. It's easy to get stuck in your head or you forget what you were thinking about those great ideas that only show up in the shower. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Please do keep a pen and pad in your bathroom. I know I do. Um, for that reason, there's always something that I'm like, ah, I got to write that down. And as soon if I, if I walk out of the room and especially if, if my husband's still home, it's gone. The idea is gone. Um, so planning, you know, that, that plan is really essential. Um, and then of course, you know, looking at all of those things, you know, we need to prioritize the, the plan. Like, okay, these are the areas that I want to focus on. And, and maybe it's three out of the eight that I mentioned um, or nine, I'm not sure how many I mentioned. Um, and then to prioritize them, you know, what makes most sense to you, not mm-hmm. to everybody else. Cause we all do that, you know, you know, I want to be healthy for my sister, my father, my this. No, how about be healthy for me first? Mm-hmm. So, you know, wh- one of the things like, so, you know, do you crave deeper, meaningful relationships? So then if that's your number one priority, that's what you start to kind of focus more on your plan on. Um, and this is something, this is Denise, the, the, the healthy living liaison here saying this. If you have a health condition, and that to me, that really needs to be addressed. That to me is always priority number one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's making sure you're talking with your, your medical professional. It's making sure that you're eating real food and you're doing all of those things that you need to. And, and maybe right now you're not, but that's really, again, where that plan and the prioritizing uh, needs to come in. Um, I'm trying to think who said it. I think it was Stephen Covey that said, if you're too busy to set aside time for priorities, then you're busy doing the wrong thing. 
And how many of us are always busy, busy. doing something else? We spend a lot of time being busy without accomplishing anything or in, anything to show for it because it feels like we're supposed to be doing something. I catch myself doing that even when I'm working. I'm like, well, does this, what I'm doing really serving for where uh, where I need to be? And quite often the answer is no, And I, but I'm just doing busy work because I, it's what I'm supposed to do. Right. I find myself do. I found yesterday I had one thing that I wanted to work on and I love, you know, the book, the one thing. And yesterday I did not do the one thing. I did all the dumb all the little other things. things like you're saying. And again, had I gone back to my priority, my priorities. And again, you know, like I said, 80, if you're doing this 80% of the time, you're doing, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not, I was in the other 20 yesterday. <laughs> um, well, how do we prepare? Okay. So Both of those things are great, but if you're not ready to make changes, you're not going to. So this is really, this is where that mindset kind of, that work comes in, that inner work comes in, that introspection, um, journey, journey, journaling. um, Mm -hmm. And for me, this last piece, people love it or hate it. You got to look at your calendar. If you're looking to, if you want to change your health habits, you want to make sure you want to go to walk outside four days a week. How about let's start with two days a week, right? We want to get out. We want to get walking. We need to get moving anyway. Most of us need to move more. Mm-hmm. But then you look at your calendar and you go, well, where the heck am I going to fit this in? Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe this is not the week. Maybe this week is too busy with stuff that you've already committed to. Maybe you've got stuff on the calendar that just needs to go. Mm-hmm. And so looking at that, so this is part of the preparation is really looking to and doing something at the right time for you. Um, waking up one day and going, okay, today's the day I'm going to start. But you've got, you know, you're, you're, you know, you've got something every day that keeps you from, um, from focusing on it. That's not really going to help. Um, the one thing I always that I do, I do kind of warn people against if when they say, okay, this is a busy week. Oh, well, next week is kind of busy. We're always going to be busy. And so it can actually work against you if you're, because something's always going to come up and that's okay. But if we look at our calendar and start plotting in where we want to focus on our, our new goal, half an hour, we're going to walk for half an hour, plot it in your calendar and make it a non-negotiable. I make, I make those like my non-negotiables are in uh, orange, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's a shocking color and, you know, I see it and I know that it is absolutely a non-negotiable on my calendar. Nobody can book anything at that time, including me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the most important part, including you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's easy to do things, but you'll note it, but I, well, I say you, but it's really me <laughs> asking for a friend um, <laughs> that you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're uh you you make these these things on your calendar but then somebody goes well do you have time for this and because it's for somebody else it's easy to take your thing off and put their thing on it's but it, it's important to know that your thing is just as important right and that's that's a conversation about boundaries right. um maybe that's another conversation we have down the road mm-hmm. um because you're right you know you're allowing at that point you we me too Um, if we're allowing other people to, you know, kind of break those boundaries, then we actually don't have any boundaries. And that's actually kind of what, what, what caused us to get where we are today. Sure. And that goes back to the prioritize. I love these three P's 
that plan, prioritize, and prepare, and making sure that we figure out what's important mm -hmm. and put the things steps in place. And the 30,000 foot view is really, really key to all this so that you're not stuck dealing with these little details. And it is just making those large changes, those changes on those larger things can, that can create a butterfly effect for the smaller things. Right. And, you know, you can get into the minutia of it once you have this overarching kind of plan and structure. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. I appreciate it. And we'll look for, forward to August when August comes around. I can't believe we're talking about August now, but thank you so much for this, Denise. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Hi, Sue. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm good. Good. Even though it's a, it's not a great day here, but outside. Oh. But <laughs> good day yes. with you. You're welcome. So I'm going to read a little bit of your bio and then we'll get started because your bio is, is oodles of fun. So, and so Sue, Sue Berman, by the way, introducing Sue, and she is a seasoned attorney with her own law practice, focusing primarily on res residential real estate. And she's previously worked for a national title insurance company in the, and in the real estate departments of several large boutique law firms. That's, that is sort of fun, but that's not the real fun part. Here comes the fun part. So she learned to ski as an adult after realizing the family vacations would be boring sitting inside all day and more recently took up golf. Raised in a flat Midwest as an adult, she discovered her love of the mountains and hiked in Peru, Machu Picchu and surrounding areas, Patagonia. You, I always, it's funny. I always say as a joke, because I live in California, Yosemite. So I have to like Yosemite because I'm <laughs> Yosemite, Mount Rainier, Mount Hood, Arizona, and the Rockies in Canada, Colorado, and Utah. And she's added a few rafting adventures into the mix. And you and I, and she's also a member of Epwing Networking Group, and that's where we met. And so I'm really excited to talk about this and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your business. And then I really want to talk about the outdoors piece too, because and sure. in the transition to getting outdoors. So tell us a little bit about what you do and how you do what you do and what makes you special. So I started off uh, as a lawyer doing real estate, and then I was in law firms and doing commercial real estate. And then residential, <clears throat> excuse me, was a little piece. Obviously, people buy and sell homes. So when I, I left on to go on my own, I realized that residential real estate it wasn't so much what I always wanted to do, but it was something I could do as a solo mm -hmm. and I had the skills to do it. I had been uh, working on a large project, condo project. And so I kind of finished doing some of those sales and that really got me off. And then I just started doing it. I realized I like working with people. It's a, it's probably the, it is for most people, the biggest financial decision situation they're going to be in, in their lives. And People trust me and that that's a good feeling. It's a scary feeling, but you're essentially helping people move on to, to a new stage of life or move from a new stage of life. I always say my practice is cradle to grave. Mm -hmm. um, not, not I am not Costco, but it's kind of like Costco. That <laughs> we do the whole thing. I did a closing yesterday for a young couple in their mid-20s. And I had done closings for the grandparents and the parents and the cousins. Wow. And, 
eighth, ninth or 10th closing I'd done for this extended family. And it's just super nice to know that people are moving into a home. You're helping them. It's a very, very stressful process mm-hmm. and the paperwork involved. And, the, you know, now since COVID, the the negotiations and all the minutia that goes with it, it, it's a really nice feeling to help people through that process because they're just pitfalls and landmines all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I'm doing now. And, and, it, and it's, it is so complicated. You think, well, I'm just going to go buy a house and it seems so simple, but behind the scenes, there are so many pieces that can just one little piece can throw a wrench into the whole works. Right. And, and, and it changes all the time. It's constantly changing. Like a new issue came up um, across the board about a month or two ago. And now on every matter I handle, I have to inquire about this particular aspect. And mm. three to four years ago, people probably didn't care about it. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they've had more problems with it. But it, you you also have to have peripheral vision. You have to look out and see, okay, I know what I'm doing now. But what's coming down the road? What is the new potential problem that I need to head off? So the paperwork, it just my engagement letter and my emails to clients get longer and longer all the time because I'm always adding new things. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's also challenging for you, but it keeps the, it, it keeps it from mundane because there's so many, so many changes and you have to be in, you have to be on the forefront of everything because you are why it closes well. <laughs> right, right, right. And it, and it, like I said, it's people trust me. It's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. It's feeling that um, if I do this, it's nice. I, I will say that uh, there are a lot of things along the way that don't get done perfectly, that it's it, it's not a fatal error. A lot of times things just have to close so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the seller didn't quite clean up the way they were supposed to. And I look at my client and I say, do you really want to hold up the closing for this? You have all your stuff on the moving truck. You know, it, it's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks to fix this. Do you really, do you really want to stop this whole closing to do that? Mm-hmm. Or the lender will have a requirement that, you, okay, you may not want to do this, but you kind of have to do it because you need to get this loan. So I also manage things, what's important and what's not important. Mm-hmm. And you come to realize like everything else in life, you can spend, it's like picking out clothes in your closet and you can, it is you can spend 80% of your time on whatever. Is is that important? Is that the best use of my time? Is that really going to stop this deal from closing? Mm-hmm. So you also have to prioritize. I'm stealing something from you, Denise. <laughs> you know, you have to prioritize. And I always ask clients, you know, what's your A list? What's your B list? Who has mm-hmm. the power in this transaction? Because if you're a buyer and the seller has six offers, you know, I, I can't nitpick stuff. Right. I just, I can't do that. And mm-hmm. the client understands that, but you still have to explain why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Well, because then you're going to lose the house and it's really not worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's important to have somebody that's knowledgeable to, <clears throat> to coach people through this process because buying, whether you're buying or selling, it's a very emotionally packed event. And so there's expectations that are there and it it's for the, for the person that's the, whose transaction it is, 
it's there's a lot there's a lot on the line right and the, and the, the worst thing is of all is post closing six months later you get a call from a buyer or a seller and i cringe when i get those calls it's like well the air conditioning doesn't work well this well this and then i've had sellers um represented sellers were you know the buyers came back to them and wanted some adjustment post closing and that that those are scary phone calls to get mm-hmm. and most of the time it's not anything horrible it doesn't lead to litigation but uh, unfortunately in our society we all have to be aware of that I mean you guys I, I don't know how much you deal with it but part of what I do is I try to keep the client clean I try to keep them mm-hmm. out of being sued or having to sue somebody so and I think Jean we're we're in um a networking group together mm-hmm. there are a couple people in there i'll call and i'll run a question by them like what do you think i should do or what is the likelihood this is going to turn into litigation i need other people i need tax people mm-hmm. i need um you know they're different sometimes i need corporate people to set up an llc or to say what, what documentation do i need so that's behind the scenes mm-hmm. that's the other thing i have to do you know, we don't live in a silo here. I have a team of people. So you also have to know when to make those phone calls. Right. It's important to have resources in any business that you're in, but also, but especially as an entrepreneur, it's important to know that you have resources. So let's take a little side trip for just a second. Let's talk about Epwing for a minute, because I, I'm fairly new to Epwing. And so give, give the listeners just a little tidbit about what Epwing is about, because the resources within this networking group, I think is phenomenal. And what every person brings to the table and the attitude that they show up with is so welcoming. So give us a little, little ad for Epwing. So you're, you're in the national part. So it started off local in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm city, the north suburbs, northwest. Um, Denise, again, I'm stealing your little quadrant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, West suburbs. And it was women entrepreneurs, women business owners. So we had uh, loan people. I'm a real estate lawyer. We had real estate agents. We have tech people. We have therapists. We have attorneys who do divorce, who do special education needs. Um, I, I, you know, health and wellness executive coaches, financial planners, college counselors. Uh, really the only core requirement is you have to be a woman and you it's not necessarily you have to be a business owner because there are plenty of people who you know work for somebody else. But you ha- you have to be kind of independently mind and both have a need to reach out to other people and be a resource mm-hmm. for other people. Mm-hmm. So for example, I'm setting up a website and I'm using a woman from from my from the networking group. Mm-hmm. Because when I decided to set up this website, I had tons of people who wanted to, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And she was the one who understood when I said, I'm not trying to to be number one in SEO. I just want something, people can go to my website, see I'm legitimate, and boom, that's it. And she said, you're right, that's what you need. So here's what I recommend. So hopefully in the next week, or actually I have a call with her. So it's people like that. It's somebody, when I have a tax question, when somebody has a tax question for me, when somebody has a conflict and they can't handle it. Um, 
that that's that's really what it is. It's people from different areas. I do think they limit the people in each area because they don't mm -hmm. want everybody being a college counselor, right? Or everybody being a physical therapist. So it's nice because you have all these. We we probably do have a lot of attorneys, but they limit it by area. You know, there's estate planning. So that and and we have both in person meetings and events mm -hmm. and online when I, I was actually the chairman of one of the committees during COVID and our committee was planning events. Well, that all got scrapped, but we ended up doing some virtual, we had like a trivia night. I think the, the maybe we had like an, an outdoor because I just learned to play golf. We had a golf and then everybody else came for happy hour and it was outside so we could do that. Mm -hmm. We had all kinds of, you know, like wine tasting and events like that. So it's part social and part networking. And I'm really, one of the great things that came out of COVID is the, the ability to work virtually. And that's what, as you mentioned, I'm, I filter in through the nat, the national um, virtual meetings or there's virtual meetings every month. And, and it really is very welcoming. And it's nice to know that even though um, you know, many people are in the Chicago area and I'm in California or I'm in Maine, it's still applicable for resources for me. So it's, it's really a fantastic, um, we'll, we'll put a, we can put a link to Epwing in the show notes as well. And, sure. um, but I, but I wanted to give a little advertisement and a blurb because, um, I Great. felt very welcome the first time I showed up. So I thought that's, it's fantastic. And, and so now as you're, as you're building your business and how long have you been on your own in business? Oh, uh, many years, many years, <laughs> a long time over all uh, it's been over 25 years. Okay. Yeah. And, and then your, your um, outdoor activities have really started a little bit later in life. Is that right? Right. I mean, I, I learned to ski when I was 40 um, because having three little kids, and my husband would take one and then he would take two. And then the third one learned to ski. And he's like, I'm, I'm outmanned here. I just, <laughs> I just can't do it. You know, you have to come with me. And if, if I didn't learn to ski, what, what was I going to do all day? Right. So I took ski lessons and I didn't realize now I know um, we were in Jackson hole, which is when I tell people I learned to ski in Jackson hole, they're like, what? It's like the hardest mountain in the United States. I'm like, well, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, so it's something we do as a family. Our, our family has gravitated towards outside activities. Um, we're not, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but we're not real beach people. Mm -hmm. We're not real. We, we like to do things. And I think I mentioned, I have a daughter who lives in the Bay area and mm -hmm. she goes up to Tahoe. Like they, they go up all the time and it's so close. She has access to it. So that was just a vacation we all liked. Maybe we liked it because we'd all ski all day and then sleep early at night. Nobody could fight. <laughs> Nobody, everybody was too, was tired, too tired to fight. fight. Yeah. <laughs> or or to, you know, like, what's for dinner? I don't care what's for dinner. I just want food. Um, and then Denise uh, incorporating what, what you have, that changed a lot of our eating habits too. Mm -hmm. Because when you're out all day, you know, you can't eat junk food and, and that kind of stuff and sustain. And then, and then we, we really fine tune this to the nth degree. We started um, renting condos 
and bringing our own food. And the first mm-hmm. stop was the grocery store. Okay, Denise, you, we are we are like we are so in sync here. <laughs> and and then we started taking our lunch to the mountains because we did we got tired of waiting in line. You know, mm-hmm. thirty dollar bowl of chili. And you, and you just get in and out so much faster. I'd rather spend my time eating than staying in line. And we'd have these really healthy meals. And then we'd go out and ski again and not feel bloated and not feel, you know, over or whatever. And yeah, I mean, we all had the hot chocolate and all, you know, all the good stuff. But when we could buy our own food and make our own snacks, it was a, it was a smoother process for us because we didn't have to wait, stop. And then everybody could do what they wanted. We, you know, we call it everybody for themselves. Right. You know, you and you're, and you're better fueled. We used to do that with our kids when they were little too. We'd head to the, it was a two and a half drive to the mountain. And so we'd all get up zero dark 30, right? Pack in the car, it's freezing cold and, and drive to the mountain and then um, ski all day and pack our food. And, yeah. and then... Our, our, our son, by the time we got off of the access road, sound asleep, (laughs) (laughs) sound asleep. So, but it it is, it is, um, it's, it's fun to have, have an activity like that as a family. And, and uh, I learned, I skied, but I learned to snowboard because I wanted to, because our kids were right. So, you know, um, it is that, um, trying to keep up with the Joneses, which happened to be your kids. <laughs> right. I'm not, I, I, I think we had one snowboard accident with a broken wrist or something. And I, I, think, yeah. I think we're all done yeah. with that, but it, but it is a fun activity to do with our kids. Uh, last year, it was so funny. I was on a run and I, I heard, you know, you're skiing down the mountain. I heard this mom, 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 and I was getting really annoyed. And I almost turned around and said like, why is anybody calling mom on the mountain. I turned around. It was my daughter. (laughs) Oh my God. I was so embarrassed, but uh, you know, it is fun to do with your kids, with the family. And the other nice thing about is everybody can go their separate ways. Mm -hmm. You don't don't all need to be together to do everything all the time. Right. And somebody wants to come in early. There's plenty of places you can go and hang out. And as my kids have grown up, they now go with their friends and do their own things. And I just think, you know, I, I know a lot of people for whatever reason, can't do it, don't want to do it, but, but you find what you like, you find what works for you. And so for some people, it is a beach vacation. Mm-hmm. We all get, I, I get, I don't want to offend anybody. We kind of get bored in tears mm-hmm. on beach vacations because none of us can sit all day. Right. So definitely being, yeah, definitely being more active. So what was hiking in Peru like? So we, well, that, that was kind of a nightmare because we, um, we didn't do the typical, we, it's lovely there. It's beautiful. We had a little bit of a problem in that there was a teacher strike and when the teachers go on strike, everything shuts down and I'm not kidding. They, it's a, like a two hour train ride to Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. the strike was such that people went out and they picked up the train tracks and on the way they would put big boulders in the road with barbed wire wow. and put gasoline on them. Oh so, my. so we had a window, our guide woke us up at like three in the morning and said, we have a half, we have a half an hour to get out of here. And if you don't get out of here in a half an hour, you're not going to be able to go to Machu Picchu. 
Wow. So we were in a van with six or seven other people and we drove up a mountain for like seven or eight, six or seven hours. I, I will not import the details of how sick I got on oh, that ride. I can't imagine. I say I got really sick. So we, after the five or six hours, then we walked another two or three hours along an abandoned railroad to get to Machu Picchu. So by the time we got to Machu Picchu, um, we felt we've, I think it, we got there at like four o'clock. We immediately fell asleep. The next day was Machu Picchu. So that's my lead into that. That was fantastic. You, um, obviously there's a um, altitude. Mm-hmm. So we, you can't just go to Machu Picchu. Any reputable guide will tell you, you've got to be there three or four days first. That, to, to acclimate. To acclimate. So it was beautiful. And I did not go on the extended hike from Machu Picchu my daughter did and I think she barely made it back because of just because of the oxygen levels mm-hmm. I mean those are for super duper hikers that are you know like they work out every day and do all this stuff so it it's it's beautiful there uh, you know we had a little bit of, of a different uh wind up to being there but it was just we we've been to South America a few times just because our kids have done some study abroad and live there Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always learn about Europe and it's so beautiful, but I think South America is kind of the undiscovered beauty. And really, if you want raw beauty, that that's it. Mm. That's- what a, what an, an incredible experience as a family too. Yeah, we weren't, I mean, there, there were times we, well, there's never, it's never. Okay. So let, well, there's a little caveat here. It's never perfect, but at the, when you turn around, when you're all done, you go, wow, this is great. Afterwards. You yeah, can't remember right. how bad it hurt when it's, when it's really that wonderful. <laughs> it's like having kids. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and, and then to get to your, uh, I want to go back to something Denise brought up. So we, we did another trip, um, last year and we we were in Southeast Asia and I will tell you that my eating and dietary habits changed 360. If there was ever a point in my life I can point to and say this was a turning point that's it. Everything there is the original farm to table. Mm. Everything there is natural. Everything there is literally from the ground. I don't care if it's fish or vegetables. And since I've been back, um, I, I that's it. That that's been that's been my eating, is the fresh fruits and vegetables. And I was never a big red meat eater, mm-hmm. but if, if there's anything that really changes your life, it was it was that experience in my dietary. How did it change for you? For me, mm-hmm. how did um, you? How did you? Um, how does it feel differently? I think this is a great thing to talk about the, and how important it is. And how, did you notice a change or what's different for you? Uh, well, we were on the go there. It was so hot. Oh my God. It was just, we have no idea what hot is just incredibly hot. And you can't eat, you can't eat heavy meat there. I don't eat pork. I don't eat a lot of red meat. So I didn't have a choice. I had, mm-hmm. you know, there's mango, there's the fruit. Um, the breads are very different. They're they're much lighter there. Mm-hmm. And when I came home, I was like scrambling, like I have nothing to eat, <laughs> nothing I can eat. So I was going to Trader Joe's and getting, you know, the, the frozen mango and trying to get more fruits and vegetables. And 
cheeses and, um, you know, you, I mean, everybody needs protein. Mm -hmm. So I have to get my protein from somewhere, but I really, you know, you don't need to eat these big, heavy meals to get your nutrition. I mean, I could probably do a little better on the protein, Mm -hmm. Um, but I just felt like when I go out to dinner, it's just, you know, my eyes are (laughs) looking at the menu, like what, what could I eat here? I, I I am a more picky eater and sometimes it's not fun to go out with me, but, um. <laughs> but it is interesting how a life event like that, or a life, an activity can really change. You can bring that home with you and change your, change your relationship with food in a, in a positive way. For sure. For Definitely sure. a positive way. So how did, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about too, is how, um, COVID and working remotely. So when I talk to a lot of people that are self-employed and COVID comes and they can work remotely and then they have more free time to do things. And like Denise was talking about, it's easier to set time in your calendar to go for a walk because you're just working from, not just, but you're working from home or your calendar, calendar is more flexible. But for you, a lot of what you do is in person, isn't it? Right. And just, just to be clear, I, I've always worked from home. So I was the original, I was the OG. (laughs) And, and, and when we, we, we redid our house 20 years ago, we actually, I, okay. I was ahead of my time there. We, we put in four home offices, my, my girls' rooms. I don't, I don't like furniture shopping. So I'm like, okay, we're just going to like build in a desk and cabinets and a desk. Mm -hmm. And then we built, this goes way back to the days when we had one computer at home. Yes. We need a computer in a central place. Right. So we built out a little office and then I built an office where I am. So we do have four built in. So I always work from home and I always felt a need to either go to closings because that's where you meet people. I mean, Mm -hmm. you want to see people in person Mm -hmm. and it's for networking. Your clients want to see you. The brokers want to see you. Everybody wants to see you. And then- uh, during COVID, people stopped going to closings. I mean, mm-hmm. it was to the point where the title companies wouldn't let people in. Oh, and wow. They, they did these things called drive-by closings. I know it sounds weird, but you would, you would um, like, I wasn't allowed to go. So if I had a buyer client, they would stay in their car, wear a mask, call the title company. They would come down with a clipboard, get the client to sign, zoom, 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 notarize it, and send the client on their way. So oh, the only in the room were the title people. So I, you know, the first year we really didn't go anywhere because nobody, we were actually skiing when, when COVID broke out. So we came home. And so the second year I'm like, well, if I don't have to be here, nobody, nobody cares what I'm wearing, where I am, what time it is. So then we started tiptoeing in that, you know, pool of, okay, I can go somewhere else. And that, that's how we started talking. I think I was mm-hmm. getting ready to just come back. But, you know, it's either going to see your family or to see your kids or um, just to go for a day trip somewhere. But as long as you have a computer and access, and I, I was so scared. I was so afraid to tell my clients, uh, I'm I'm not going to be remote, da, da, da. And then they would find, oh, I'm I'm gone for three months. I'm, I'm in Michigan for three months or I'm in Florida for three months. 
So then it was like, well, if you can go, I, I can go too. Why do I need to be here? Mm-hmm. Um, now it's opened up a little more. So I'm very strategic about where I go. And, and if like yesterday for these people, I really needed to be there in person. I could have done it not being there, but it was an important client mm-hmm. to me. I've done a lot of work for this family. I, I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually know my schedule far enough in advance. Closings are scheduled anywhere from two to six weeks out. So I can plan. And and if I can't be there, I tell everybody up front, I have a computer. I work out the time difference. Um, I do have to be careful because I am licensed to practice in Illinois. I'm actually licensed to practice in Georgia, but I have to be careful. I don't want to spend seven months in a place because then I might, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to have an ethical violation of not. Right. You have to pay attention to your location while you're doing business. Totally get that. But it it is interesting how there's this, in the beginning, there's this almost guilt feeling about not sitting in your office doing the thing that you can do anywhere else. And a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people have ta- have felt that, but you don't really... That's why I wanted to touch on it because you don't really hear people talking about it. And I think it's a real thing because we can't, if we have the physical ability to be, to work remotely, it's okay. And, and some people call it time shifting. Um, Hmm. You can label it however you want, but to, to Denise's point, you know, if I'm going to go for a walk, I have a little more flexibility. Like I, I don't pencil in this is when I'm going to go because if I have something to do, but if I say, I'm going to go for a 20 minute walk today, here are the three times I can go mm-hmm. and then I'll pick a time or maybe, maybe I don't get to go till five o'clock or maybe I do in the winter have to go to the indoor um, walking track. But I, I think if you can try to, I call it penciling in a lot of these things mm-hmm. and do what you need to do. But to me, it's more time shifting. I can work in the morning. I can work at night. Nobody cares when you draft a document. Mm. I, can send, I can draft it at 10 o'clock at night and send it to somebody at eight o'clock in the morning. They don't care. I, mm-hmm. I am, you know, I do have my phone with me. I don't care where I am. My phone is with me mm-hmm. and I, I need to respond. My business is very competitive. So if I don't take that call or I say, I'll call you back tomorrow, that client may be gone. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't afford, I mean, nobody wants to do that. So I am one of those people that you hate because I do have my phone with me. Um, you know, I don't always pull it out in public, but you know, you, you find a quiet time or a quiet place. I get that. I get that. Um, I always have mine as well. And you know, you can choose to take a call or not, or, you know, some days, Sunday, I went, I, I made a choice because I needed to go help somebody and I went to go I love the time shifting words. I time shifted. It's like shape shifting. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I time shifted on Sunday because I right. knew that there was somebody that I needed. And if I didn't go on Sunday, it was really going to cause it, it just needed to get done in a, at the right time. And it worked well for both of us. So do I work on Sundays? No. Was that really work? Not really. I went to help her do some things and it didn't really take a ton of di- ton of time out of my day, but it also gave me the ability to not have to squish it into the rest of the week, so that I could have some flexibility to be outside. And 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 one one of the 
bad habits I've gotten into, and this is a really bad habit, maybe you both have some suggestions, is I do work on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of my paperwork on the weekends because during the week, it's a lot of phone calls and a lot mm-hmm. of emails. I got to respond. I got to give me, give me this document, give me that document. You got to review this. So I tend to do some of my paperwork on the weekends and I, I need to figure out a way because that's time shifting kind of in a bad way. Right. Yeah. That, that I, that I'm tying up my weekends and mm-hmm. I, I need to work my way out of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm more productive during, during the week. Yeah. And I think we all have that challenge too. And so if you had to give anybody some, some tips about um, either transitioning to working from home or incorporating these fantastic trips while still working, what, what kind of tips could you give to people to consider? Well, first, I I realize I'm lucky to be able to do this. I'm lucky to be in a profession to do this and and just to be able to do it in general. I mean, if you're a healthcare worker, that that's not an option. If you're a teacher that, you know, certain professions, it's not an option. Um, I think you have to be in a profession that it's accepted to do that. It's not accepted everywhere. I mean, I'm also a little bit technically challenged and there are times when I'm like, oh, but for the grace of God, you know, my computer didn't blow up or <laughs> I didn't mess something up. So, you know, you have to have the right technical tools. And I also have a very patient understanding family when I tell them like, be quiet, <laughs> like you have to go out. Um, and, and and I guess I, I hadn't really thought about it that way. I mean, when I set up my business, I got a computer, I got a printer, I got a fax, I got all these things, but remote, you basically need a computer and, and people who really understand if I don't need to be there in person, you know, there are a lot of people who tell I'm there in person, I'm there in person. And I, I'm not going to compete with that because I can't be there in person. Sometimes you just can't be. Mm -hmm. One of the good things about COVID was I would do four or five closings in a day or I never, I never could have done that had I um, pre-COVID, I had to go to every place or mm-hmm. I was doing closings in some remote suburbs of Chicago that normally I would have had to have a surcharge, a trip surcharge. And the client would have said, no, forget it. I'll find somebody else. So I was able to do that. So, I mean, for me, I don't, I can't really put my finger on a particular tool other than computer, a, a good, good case for your computer. Um, and lots of cords so you can, (laughs) so, so you can back up. So tell so you are in the Chicago area and are, do you primarily, um, primarily do business with people in the Chicago area or anywhere in Illinois? Where can people, if people need a real estate attorney, where's the best place for them to be located to find you? Right. So, uh, so any, the real estate has to be in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm licensed to practice in Illinois, in the Chicago metro area. There, it, it keeps growing. There are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten metro counties. However many you want to count, that that is my bread and butter. I have been asked to do things in downstate or some remote counties of Illinois. The issue with that is I don't know the customs and practices there. Mm-hmm. I do know the custom and practices here, or I have somebody who can get that for me. So. Many of my clients are not local because they're selling, you know, some 
a, a parent may have passed away or may have go may go into assisted living and I work with their son or daughter. People move mm -hmm. to Florida, people move to California, people move to Tennessee. Um, I'm doing a matter right now for a woman who moved to Florida years ago and she decided to sell her condo. So she, she's in Florida and you have to ship the papers back. Now you just, everything's, I can email her a package. She has seven notary. That has to be what we call a wet signature. Mm -hmm. So anybody, anywhere, but the property has to be in the Chicago metro area. Got it. Perfect. Okay. And so where is the best place for people to find you? So um, thanks to my fellow Epwing, Epwing person. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I will have a website. I think it's www.sbermanlaw.com. That is coming online. Um, we actually have a call Friday to I keep saying we're going to finish it up, but then there's like, oh, one more tweak, one more tweak. And then, you know, per perfection can be your enemy sometime. Mm -hmm. I, I am on LinkedIn. I think, I don't know if it's uh, Sue E. Berman. I think it's mm -hmm. Sue E. Berman attorney, mm -hmm. the Chicago area. So th those are those are the two places. Probably LinkedIn is a better place to find me. And I think we, we just connected. So mm -hmm. yes. Perfect. Well, Sue, I want to thank you so much for being, for spending the time to talk with me today and, um, and offline. I, I want to, I want to hear more about some of your hiking adventures too. So thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure having you and talking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Today's show is sponsored by my, Seaside Solutions, my financial services company. As a business owner, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions and often taking care of yourself plummets to the bottom of the list. For me, I find myself outside to reground. My time outdoors helps me manage my day more effectively and be more present for my clients. Through this, Discover Rising Tides was born. At Seaside Solutions, we truly believe that education is the foundation of financial wellness. Our primary focus is to provide guidance that is designed to help you achieve your long-term financial goals and visions. Working with a plan allows space for doing more things that you love, like being outside to make the inside better. If I can help you create or realign your plan, or if you would like to be added to my weekly newsletter, please let me know. This week's topic was five ways to set more achievable goals. Your referral means the big, beautiful world to me. And if I can help, please let me know. And thank you so much for listening and see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.